listening to Encouraging Words to Give You Hope. The purpose of this podcast is to encourage you with the words of hope God gives us in His Word. I'm your host, Hope Ann, the author and founder of Meditate Hope. Join me each week as we discuss several different topics, dive into God's Word together, and encourage ourselves in the Lord. So sit back, grab your Bible, and take some notes as we meditate on the encouragement God gives us in His Word. Are you ready? Let's get into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode. It's Hope here, your host, and today we are wrapping up our series in the Psalms. This is week six of this series, and in the past weeks we have discussed how to live a blessed life, being thirsty for the things of God, your 911 scripture passages, having a heart of repentance, believing God is good when your circumstances are not, and today we're going to be talking about that if you have God, you lack nothing. In this week's devotional and podcast episode, we will discuss the familiar Psalm 23 as well as Psalms 62 and 16, and all three are Psalms of David. If you haven't checked out the past weeks of this series, make sure to go back and listen to those episodes or the blog posts, which are all linked in today's show notes. As we wrap up this series, may we reflect on what God has taught us through this series and what we can apply to our everyday lives. The first psalm we'll be looking at is Psalm 23, which is a beloved psalm to many. And here's a quick background of this psalm from Enduring Word Commentary. Like many others, this beloved psalm bears the simple title, A Psalm of David. Most account it to be a psalm of David's maturity, but with vivid remembrance of his youth as a shepherd. Charles Spurgeon wrote, I like to recall the fact that this psalm was written by David probably when he was king. He had been a shepherd, and he was not ashamed of his former occupation. Theologian James Montgomery Boyce also noted, Millions of people have memorized this psalm, even those who have learned a few other scripture portions. Ministers have used it to comfort people who are going through severe personal trials, suffering illness, or dying. For some, the words of this psalm have been the last they have ever uttered in life. Today, we'll be breaking down this psalm verse by verse, digging into what this familiar psalm really means. Enduring Word Commentary breaks this chapter down into three main parts. Our shepherd, the Lord, being our sustainer, leading us, and as host. Verses 1-2 through talk about the Lord as our sustainer. David writes in these verses, The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Here we see David connect his relationship with God with the analogy of a shepherd and his sheep. In verse 1, we see David declare God as his shepherd and himself as a sheep. The fact that David says, my shepherd, shows how he viewed God as his real personal shepherd, not just the shepherd over all people. There are many references in the Bible where God is referred to as our shepherd and we are referred to as his sheep. When Jesus was here on earth, he declared himself as the good shepherd. We find this in the first half of John 10. And Jesus said in John 10 verses 11 through 15, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. 
The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. When Isaiah 53 describes Christ's suffering, it defines us as sheep that have gone astray. It says in Isaiah 53 verse 6, We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And if you're familiar with how sheep act in real life, you know that sheep can sometimes be stubborn, and without a shepherd guiding them, they can wander and go astray. And oh, how we are like sheep as sinners. But back to Psalm 23 verse 1, we see that David also says, I lack nothing. In other versions of the Bible, this part may say, I shall not want. For a while, this part of Psalm 23, which says, I shall not want, was a bit confusing for me, and maybe it is for you too. So let's get down to the meaning behind this statement. What David says here means that with God as his shepherd, he would not need to worry about not having, quote unquote, enough. He could trust the Lord knowing that he would provide for him, and no matter what the season, God's blessings would overflow. Moving on to verse 2, we see how our shepherd sustains. We see here that God makes David lie down in green pastures, leading him to still waters. Both are images of comfort, care, and rest, showing a beautiful picture that God knows exactly what we need when we need it. Next, verses 3 through 4 talk about the Lord, our good shepherd, leading us. Verse 3 tells us, He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. Here David says that the Lord refreshes his soul. This can possibly mean repentance or rest in times of weariness. The part where David says for his name's sake refers to God getting the glory for all he has done and is doing in our lives. Then in the familiar verse 4, we find great comfort in a promise knowing that no matter what season of life, God is there to guide us, lead us, and comfort us. Verse 4 tells us, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The analogy of the rod and staff of a shepherd shows that the Lord will be there to protect us from our enemies. Even in the darkest seasons of life where we can be filled with fear, through Christ we do not need to fear because he is with us. And finally, verses 5 through 6 of Psalm 23 talk about the Lord as host. Verse 5 tells us, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Here, David sees the Lord as host, inviting him to have a meal at his table. And the part where it says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies can be a shocking, kind of complex phrase. So here's how Enduring Word Commentary explains it. The host's care and concern doesn't eliminate the presence of my enemies, but enables the experience of God's goodness and bounty even in their midst. And even while being at a table with his enemies, David can still consider himself filled, his cup overflowing, and his head anointed with oil. To end this psalm in verse 6, David talks about the blessings ahead that God has for him 
standing in complete confidence that God would provide and be compassionate to his sheep in every season. He writes, Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Next, we will be taking a look at Psalm 62, which is titled for the director of music for Jaduthun, a Psalm of David. Through this psalm, we will see David's complete confidence in the Lord, declaring the Lord as the only one he needs and the only one he serves. In verses 1 through 2, we see David's silent surrender as he waits for the Lord and finds rest and salvation in him. He declares that the Lord alone is his rock and fortress. He writes, Truly my soul find rest, finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. Truly he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. In verses 3 through 4, we see David complain to his enemies and of his enemies. See the emotion David pours out in these verses. He says, How long will you assault me? Would all of you throw me down this leaning wall, this tottering fence? Surely they intend to topple me from my lofty place. They take delight in lies. With their mouths they bless, but in their hearts they curse. But despite his circumstances and enemies surrounding him, in verses 5-7, through seven, we still see David's confidence in the Lord. He writes, Yes, my soul, find rest in God. My hope comes from him. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. When worry strikes, the best thing we can do is declare who God is to us. In these verses, David declares that God is his source of hope, his fortress, his rock, his refuge, and his salvation. And just like in verse 2, he declares once again that the Lord is his rock and salvation. In verse 8, David says, Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. In this verse, we see David encourage others not only to trust in the Lord, but to also trust in the Lord at all times. He encourages them that they can pour out their hearts to the Lord and be real and honest with him, for he is our refuge. In verses 9-10, through 10, David tells the people what not to put their trust in. He writes, Surely the lowborn are but a breath, the highborn are but a lie. If weighed on a balance, they are nothing. Together, they are only a breath. Do not trust in extortion or put vain hope in stolen goods. Though your riches increase, do not set your heart on them. That was verses 9-10 through 10 in the NIV, New International Version. But here it is in the NLT, the New Living Translation. Common people are as worthless as a puff of wind, and the powerful are not what they appear to be. If you weigh them on scales, together they are lighter than a breath of air. Don't make your living by extortion or put your hope in stealing. If your wealth increases, don't make it the center of your life. The point David is trying to get across here is that we should not put our trust in the things of this world. He says not to put our trust in men of low degree, for they are not worthy of trust. He declares that the Lord alone is trustworthy. People may fail us, but God never will. He also says not to put our hope or make our living by stealing or trying to obtain money by force. 
He also warns us of the love of money, saying that if our wealth increases, we should not set our hearts on it and make it the center of our lives, as with all the other things of this world that will pass away. This is an excellent reminder for us today. So often we can put our trust and identity in the things of this world that will pass away and won't last very long if we make it our refuge. We can put our trust and identity in the good job we have or the amount of money we make or the grades we get in school. At the end of the day, all we really need is God. He should be our one and only. A question God has convicted me with in the past months has been this. If I lost everything and all I had was God, would I be content and at peace? In our world today, we are often always wanting more, more, and more. More money, more followers or likes on social media people to notice or acknowledge us, the best paying job, more clothes, the list goes on and on, and you just name it. And while these all may be good things, we must return to the one who has been there all along, the one who has provided it all, the one who has seen us through it all, the only one we need at the end of the day, Jesus Christ. He's all we could ever need, our Savior, our provider, our best friend, our Lord, our everything. If you have Jesus, you truly have all you could ever need. And even if your follower count disappeared overnight or your friends abandoned you or you literally lost everything, if you have Jesus, you have more than you could ever need. All on this earth will eventually pass away, but his words and his promises, they will never pass away. He is the one we can count on and the only one we could ever need. As Jesus said in Matthew 24, verse 35, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. We can rest in this truth today, that if all we have is Christ, we have everything, because he is the source of it all. And finally, to close out this chapter, David reminds himself of the power and mercy of God in verses 11 through 12, saying, one thing God has spoken, two things I have heard. Power belongs to you, God, and with you, Lord, is unfailing love, and you reward everyone according to what they have done. The ending part where David writes, you reward everyone according to what they have done, sounds more like God's judgment rather than mercy, but here we see that it means that through God's mercy, he will reward those who have done good in his sight and not overlook them. And finally, the last psalm we will be discussing in this series is Psalm 16, another psalm of David. Through this psalm, we will see yet again David's great confidence in the Lord and the blessings that come from a life committed to God. Verses 1-3 through three tell us what David said to the Lord. He says, Keep me safe, my God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, You are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. I say of the, pe of the holy people, who are in the land, they are the noble ones in whom is all my delight. Here we see once again David declare that the Lord is his refuge, knowing that apart from the Lord he has nothing. He also says that he delights in the noble ones, and this can refer to David's love for God's people. In verses 4 through 6, we see David comparing serving idols to serving God, and how serving idols would always lead to destruction and suffering. He says that those who run after other gods would only continue to suffer. He commits not to serve other gods or take up their names on his lips. 
In verse 5, David also declares that the Lord alone is his portion and cup, meaning David knew that the Lord was all he needed to make him secure, protected, and filled. David was confident that the Lord would complete the work he had started in him and that his inheritance in the Lord was great. Here are David's exact words in verses 4 through 6. Those who run after other gods will suffer more and more. I will not pour out libations of blood to such gods or take up their names on my lips. Lord, you alone are my portion in my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. The rest of this chapter explains the benefits or blessings of a life committed to God and one with complete confidence in the Lord. In verses 7 through 8, we see that when we put our confidence in the Lord, we will receive blessings, the blessings of his guidance at all times and protection as we keep our eyes on the Lord. David says in these verses, I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. And in verses 9 through 11, we see more blessings we will receive when our lives are committed to the Lord. Here we see that even despite the challenging trials we may go through, we can have joy in the midst of it and lay our heads at night filled with God's peace. We can rest knowing that the Lord will not forsake us and that he will lead us through every season. And verse 11 sums it all up beautifully that in his presence, there is fullness of joy. David writes in verses 9 through 11, Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful one see decay. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. And now we will be getting into our discussion questions and application. This week, we will have three main discussion questions, one based on each one of the Psalms we went through. Let us come before the Lord with open hearts, ready for what he has to speak to us today. And I encourage you as we go through these questions, think of one main thing that you have taken away from this series in the Psalms. Number one, is the Lord your good shepherd and do you believe that with him you lack nothing? In Psalm 23, we saw David take on the analogy of the Lord being his shepherd and himself as the sheep. He knew that he needed God's guidance and strength and that with God, he lacked nothing. Through Psalm 23, we see that David found the secret to contentment. He found contentment in the Lord alone as his sustainer, his comfort, his rock, his refuge, his fortress, his protector, his everything. And just like David, when we make the Lord our good shepherd, we lack nothing for we find everything in him. So ask yourself today, is Jesus my good shepherd who is faithful to provide and sustain? And do I believe that with him, I lack nothing? Number two, who or what are you placing your trust and identity in? In Psalm 62, verse 9 through 10, we see David warn us not to put our trust in the things of this world, such as the amount of money we make or what we can do. We shouldn't place our identity in what people may say or think about us, our quote-unquote popularity status, or even the job we have. Jesus should be the one and only person we should place our trust and identity in. A good heart check question for us today is this. Are we putting our trust in the things of this world that will pass away? 
Are we finding our identity in what the world thinks of us or what the world says rather than listening to what our creator thinks of us, who loves us and cares for us just as we are? If the answers to those questions are a slight yes, we may need to do some heart work with the Lord. May we stop searching the world to satisfy the longing in our souls that only God was meant to satisfy. And may we put our trust and identity in Him alone. And number three, do you have complete confidence in the Lord no matter the season? It can be easy to trust the Lord and make Him our refuge when life is pretty good. But no matter the season, we should put our complete confidence in the Lord and trust Him even when what we are going through doesn't make sense. As we have seen throughout many of David's psalms in this series, David got honest with God while still remembering the character of God and declaring who God is to him. In Psalm 16 verse 5, David declared that the Lord alone is his portion and his cup, and we also saw the blessings that one receives when they put their full confidence in the Lord, joy, peace, and God's presence. When we commit to following Christ, we have to go all in. And going all in means it's going to be a journey. There will be highs and lows, times where we may question and doubt God, times where we praise and rejoice, and other times where we need to come before God with a heart of repentance. And we have seen this a lot throughout the book of Psalms. The psalmists express their emotions through writing, songs, and hymns. But through it all, they drew back their focus to the Lord, who he is, and what he has done. Amid the trials we face in this life, may we choose to do the same. May we remember to walk in God's ways and not the world's as we strive to live a blessed life, as we talked about in Psalm 1. May we continually stay thirsty for the things of God, even when we may hit a spiritual rut, as we saw in Psalm 42. May we remember what God says in his word and memorize scripture, always having the word of God written on our hearts such as Psalm 91 as our 911 scripture passage. And when there are times when we fall short, may we come back to God with a heart of genuine repentance as we saw David do in Psalm 51. In the middle of the storm, may we still choose to praise knowing that God is still good no matter what the season. And that even if we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we do not need to fear for in our good shepherd, Jesus Christ, we find comfort, peace, refuge, and protection. In him, we have all we need, and in him, we lack nothing. And that's the end of this week's episode and finishing up our series in the Psalms. If you missed out on any of the past weeks of this series or just want to go back and listen to them, you can always check out the previous episodes or check out the full Psalm series the devotional version linked in today's show notes. Also, a little announcement, the podcast will not be releasing new episodes in the month of July, except for when this episode is airing. God willing, I will be back in August with new episodes. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're listening. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you can leave a rating and review. And if you're listening on Spotify, you can leave a rating. This is so greatly appreciated, and it also helps the podcast reach more people with the good news. And that's the end of this week's episode. Have a blessed week, and talk to you soon.